2: Hello, everyone.
1: Dave. With a mouthful of eggs. What's up? And Tori.
0: Hello, Internet.
1: We start every week with good thing. So, Craig, tell me about Subnautica Below Zero.
2: Well, no. That is not how this works. Um, first, I want to say, I wonder if we're ever going to have a, like, a normal opening. Does we, all of no. us agree to just be normal?
3: I mean, <laughs> uh, that relies on this Dave. Point, and, this is you know, normal for me.
2: So, uh, Tori. Was it Tori? I think... Your good thing was Shadow and Bone before?
0: Oh, yeah, I did that.
2: Well, we watched it, my wife and I, and uh, it's actually really good. So uh, that was actually going to be my good thing this week. Um, I just gave it a watch, and I I got really into it. Like, my wife started watching, and I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, yeah, Tori was talking about this. Let me give it a watch. And I got into it. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I I like some of the... The choices, the story choices, and everything that they're they're doing—you um, got some likable characters that I can root for, which is always a good thing for me. Um, and yeah, it reminds me of some other young adult books. Uh, and I think I, I know it's based on a young adult series, but uh, it reminds me of some others that I've read in the past. That we were actually talking in our Discord. Uh, Was it the Black Magicians trilogy? It sort of reminds me of that a little bit, um, and some other things. But uh, I do like, you know, the path I decide to take with it. So I definitely want to watch more unfortunately there's only one season so far but you know eventually i think they're going to continue with it i think it did well i hope so we can see more or i could just go read the book i guess um and yes i also started playing subnautica below zero it's really good guys okay done all right dave tell me about them eggs
3: Uh, (laughs) um they're almost gone all right man my good thing is so good but you guys won't appreciate it the level i do my good thing this week is a video game. It's called La Mulana. It's basically like you're Indiana Jones, but also a ninja, and it's a Metroidvania. And it's just the absolute worst game that you'll ever play, but at the same time, the absolute best game that you'll ever play. There's I kind of break it down into three different aspects. There's There's the platforming, there's combat, mostly in boss fights, and there's also puzzle solving and in each of those three individual aspects has some of the best that you'll ever encounter and some of the worst absolute awful bullcrap that you'll ever encounter. I almost I feel like this game I'm is not like Spelunky. I mean, it's it's not no, the the bullcrap man, but it's it's worse and better on both extremes. Like it's worse than Spelunky in platforming and better than Spelunky in platforming. But, like, I almost feel like this game is an experiment. And the devs said to themselves, how good can we make a game that people will excuse the absolute nonsense that we put in the game? And it worked. Like, it's good. It's a lot of fun. I will also say that in order to get the full... I I, I feel like this is intended. To get the full extent of the experience of La Mulana, you have to play it blind... And stream it, and have people watch you play it, and then finish the game and watch somebody else play it. Before you get to that point, you don't see the full picture of La Mulana, and it's it's just brilliant. In, so what you're um, saying is when
2: I finally get around to playing it, I need to stream it so you can watch me suffer.
3: Oh, yeah, I've gotten a few friends to start playing it over. Actually, I think Sinus started playing it on his own, but I roped Lachlan into playing it as well. And somehow Miss Metroid started playing it as well, and I can't be happier. Um, Here's a a couple of things. There are games like Mario Maker that are more fun to watch people play than to play yourself. You watch people play it, and you're like, oh, that's kind of fun, I want to try it out. And you play it. It's not as fun as watching somebody else play it. La Mulana is as much fun to play as it is to watch somebody else play and suffer. Uh, did I say suffer? Jet, you should. Jet, Craig, you should play it. You won't. You'll suffer. Um, but, but it'll be to the enjoyment of everyone else, and you'll appreciate the game. Uh, also, I am about to start my playthrough of La Mulana 2 next week, and it just so happens that there was just this weekend... There's just this like crazy surprise DLC came out for La Mulana 2 that nobody thought was going to happen. It's just like La Mulana 2 DLC suddenly coming out the weekend before I'm going to start my blind playthrough of La Mulana 2. Coincidence? I don't know. But I will say this: I'm pretty sure that Nagoro, the developers of La Mulana, pay people to watch La Mulana blind play streams and give unsolicited advice to irritate people as they're playing. Like it's part of the experience of ticking people off to have people watch them and get unsolicited advice. Like it has to be like part of their whole meta scheme of game experience. Anyway, uh platforming, great combat, puzzle solving, a lot of bullcrap, but the parts of it that are good are just so good. I mean, you sold me at your Indiana Jones, but
2: also a ninja, so
3: yeah, you're Indiana Jones and a an Ninja. Like, <laughs> literally, that's Dr. Lemisa or Professor Lamisa. The whatever. only thing yeah. that
2: turned me off in the game is, like, I look at something like Spelunky, for example. The the one that mm-hmm. they released on Steam, not the Flash game that they had. And it's, like,
3: right. Lama like, Llama
2: looks a lot rougher around the edges, but I love Metrovania's I don't necessarily like super difficult Metroidvanias, but I don't know. I, sh- I really the should what, play
3: it. I the know. thing about La Mulana that might turn some players off is it has committal jumps, by which I mean, oh. like, imagine Castlevania on the NES. Like, once you jump, you can't change direction. But it also has mechanics where you can control your jump. Like, if you jump straight up, then you get full control of your jumps. If you jump forward and you touch a wall then you get full control of your jumps back like it has committal jumps but it also has non-committal jumps if you like get used to the physics and play with it right but if you don't play the game long enough to to kind of understand the physics and you might not not understand the control you can have over the jumps but I, yeah you should definitely stream it
0: I'm everyone get here, ready to watch a
3: lot of stream what's up Tori?
0: I'm Over here, being a children's librarian, and every time you say the name of this game, I keep hearing "Lama Llama, which is the series of books for children.
1: Uh, llama That's llama also is... what people call the game. That is the correct pronunciation for the game, Llama Llama.
0: Tori,
2: I have a side good thing. My sister-in-law is working at a library now. She's um not she's not a librarian because she never she didn't you know take library sciences, but she's um what's what's the term? I'm looking for. She's an assistant essentially. Hooray. Protocan like, or the other one? Or someone uh, on your side. Can. Um, and she's like she's like talking about how how like all the librarians that she works with, they're like in their forties and fifties. I mean, that's not always true. I'm not I'm not saying that part Tori, but they all play D D. <laughs> and they're like trying to rope her into play like, wait, you guys play D and D? My people.
3: <laughs> I can see Protocan being a librarian, that's awesome.
2: Well, you have to actually go to school to be a librarian. Um, There's a lot of information that Tori knows that can put us to shame. But uh, she can still work for a library.
0: Yes, that's true.
2: And she really enjoys it. She's like, this is like a really good job. They're so nice there. Really good. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to steal your thunder. Okay.
0: I mean, it was a good thing. So. Hooray. Uh,
1: So my good thing this week is The Mummy. The 1999 Brendan Fraser The Mummy. I saw that
3: in theaters.
1: Brendan
2: Fraser should just be a
3: good thing. He's so good.
1: He is. uh, But not this week. This week is just his movie, The Mummy. Uh, It's just this really, really well done action adventure movie with a mummy. And
0: And there's a librarian in it, too.
1: Yep. Rachel Wise.
3: Was The Rock
0: in that? Uh,
1: No, that's... Okay. The Rock wasn't really in the second one. A CGI version of The Rock was in the second one. Okay, and it's it's not good CGI. It's not a good movie. It's fun, but it's it's not. Wasn't good. that
0: The Rock's first movie?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah, and then and then he got his own spinoff that did not in any way explain what like how he showed up in The Mummy two. So yeah. Anyway, The Mummy nineteen ninety nine, not to be confused with the more recent Tom Cruise one that I haven't seen and don't really plan to. Tori.
0: Mummy is a good thing. I love that movie, but that's not my good thing this week. Guys, this week, my good thing is that my baby brother just graduated from law school and I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. This is my baby brother and he's, he's like 32 now, but he's always going to be 12 to me because that's how old he was when I left home. And, um, Yeah, he's a grown adult person with a law degree, and I'm so proud. I'm I'm just ridiculously proud. I love my brother, and he did a good thing. He worked really hard. Yeah.
3: GG. I feel like there's a... From what I've
2: heard, law school's no joke either. They're they're ridiculous. I I watch enough Legal Eagle to know that law school's no joke. And I've watched Legally Blonde. My exposure to law school is Legally Blonde and Legal Eagle on YouTube.
0: Well, like, before I became a librarian, I worked in a law office at, like, cause I have two master's degrees, you guys. I've got my library science degree, but before that, I got a degree in composition and rhetoric because I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to law school. And when I got to working in a law clinic while I waited for the law school application to go through, I very quickly figured out that that was not for me. Um, and that I would not be happy doing that. Um, but, Law school is hard, and yesterday after the graduation, uh, when we all met up with Josh and were giving him hugs and taking all the pictures, and he just, he started crying, and I was like, why are you crying? He says, because it was so hard. <laughs> I was like, that's the hard part. So. Um, and yes, I love my brother. He is not a natural student. Like, that is not where his strengths lie, but he did the thing, and it's done now.
2: So does he have to take the bar exam now or is that you what you yes. did before? Yeah, okay.
0: you've gotta take the bar exam. Um I think it's in June. I don't know that. But yeah, we, we have a, a family party to celebrate some more later this afternoon. I'm going over there after we're done recording here. Um and uh yeah, we're we're very proud. Proud proud family. Very happy.
1: All right. Uh Dave, I believe you read three chapters. Uh, yes. I read three or...
3: episodes this week. Three episodes. I read Alamonser, Yak, and the Pits of Altanya, episodes 28 through 30. And remember, it's the Cosmere, and if your name starts with a J, it's going to be pronounced with a Y. Yeah. And I think Yak might actually be short for Yakov, which is like the Hebrew and Russian pronunciation of the name Jacob. So just, just uh, when you hear about Yak, just think Jacob. Um, and uh, the handerwim is the name of the terrorist steward. Hold bit. on. You,
2: you make Wait. jokes. We make jokes what about joke? the J. What
3: but... no, jokes? What jokes are you talking about? <laughs> on Skadrial, like...
2: everything's like French, and I don't think they
0: necessarily... <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. Name one name from Scadrill that starts with a J jack
0: no got <laughs> oh, man, you got
3: me good <laughs> i forgot i thought schedule was only miss era one yeah, i got wrecked <laughs> maybe it's jacques like jacques Cousteau, yeah, custod you, you've
0: got to get really flimmy on that k sound it's it really shocking. should
3: be jacques and um he actually reminds me of commander mcbragg from the old, like, Canadian cartoons, like the Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends. Commander McBrag was one of the end friends. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Yak's Handerwim is the name of a terrorist steward. And I'm looking at the picture here, and it looks like we got mummies and a zombie John Lennon. And then, who's that lady silhouette? All right. Episode 28. Yak is king of the Koloss. Handerwim puts king in quotation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right so one of the things about this story is that you get handerwin's uh annotations and they're pretty funny because handerwin's, like in, in handerwin's uh a lot more down to earth and doesn't really buy into the hype of yak being this really uh gentlemanly heroic type all right <laughs> Oh man, and here comes the next bullet point. I'm pretty sure Handerwim is actually a stand in for Brandon Sanderson's editor. <laughs> like, I can imagine Brandon's editors reading this and being like, He's making fun of us.
0: <laughs>
3: like, sometimes he calls out punctuation errors and inconsistencies and things and it's like, uh Hey, um Brandon it's uh, Pits of Hatsin, not pits of Harfskvin. All right. Alessandra Dramali. Yak cannot, can know how much whiskey costs without drinking it. Oh, and his medals are gone. Renette made spy shoes for Yak to hide back up tin, but the compartments fell off. Honesty is technically probably Yak's greatest virtue. Obligatory Willy Wonka reference... Lindip, the invested burb that is really far from home, guns don't count. Yak can be sincerely insulting. Yak writes a letter after sealing it, and while well, he needs to jump into a flash flood. So Yak finds himself amidst a bunch of coloss here, and he thought that he had won their hearts by defeating their champion, but apparently shooting him in the face with a gun doesn't count. Uh, So there's this line about how Yak is like, oh, this is steeper than the cost of the whiskey at this way stop. And later on, he talks about how he doesn't put his medals in whiskey and kind of like he doesn't drink because he's a gentleman or whatever. And Handiwim is pointing out this apparent inconsistency, but I think that it's reasonable to say that Yak could know how much whiskey costs at the way stop without actually being a partaker so i gotta give this point to yak i i'm kind of keeping score between yak and handerwim as as it's going on so right now one point to one point to yak and uh we remember renette she was in the book she also makes spy shoes where they can hide um things kind of reminded me of get smart <laughs> <At> this point <laughs> <laughs> It's this one scene. I think it's in the second episode of Get Smart when he goes up against uh, he goes up against the crawl. And they give him shoes, and the shoes have a hidden compartment. And in the compartment, they keep a cyanide pill. And the chief is like, Max, if things come to the worst, here's a cyanide pill. It'll instantly kill anyone who swallows it. And then Max says, That's all well and good, chief, but how do I get them to take it? <laughs> do you want to watch get smart not the stupid movie but like the good tv show mel books mel brooks buck henry don adams
0: i mean i'm familiar with it but i don't watch it regularly
3: all right well what you should watch like the first three episodes regularly like i do all <laughs> right so Renette is basically the cue of this universe <laughs> honestly honesty is technically probably yucks greatest virtue which i just cracked up i gotta give a point to handerwin for that one so we're all tied up uh obligatory willy walker reference um because yak does indeed lick a wall and it doesn't taste like schnozberries it tastes like tin and he also has this like spirit bird that tells i don't know it's weird and probably made up but if there's an invested bird it probably flew over it's a world hopper bird from <sighs> From First of the Sun. That's it. Lindip is a world hopper. It's the only thing that makes sense.
0: Pack it up, boys. We're done.
3: All right. See you next week when we start Bands of Mourning? Um, all right. So guns don't count. So Jack says something about... Um. He says something like that he thinks is nice, but it's insulting. And then there's this scene where he's like... Uh, I write this letter and seal it as I stand here trying to escape my prison and he has a headache and it's like, but then he like, he writes about him sealing it up as he seals it up. And then he also writes a line about him uh, jumping into the flash flood as it comes into his prison in the caves. And it's like, how did he write that and still have time to jump into the flood? And how did he like seal it up and then write it? <laughs> And uh, Handerwin just kind of like makes fun of the audience and he's just like, man, people that actually believe that this could have been the final episode and that we have recovered this letter. Like, uh, yeah, you remember that this story is in the broadsheets and they release a chapter a week in the broadsheets, basically. So like this episode ends here in 28 as he's jumping into the flash flood, which he somehow wrote about. And is leaving as a cliffhanger so that the readers at home don't quite know whether or not he makes it. And that's the end of episode 28. So what's the score right now? Uh, Handerwim 2, Yak 1. And did you count Handerwim
1: putting King in quotations at the beginning as a point? No. That one's
3: a tie. Okay.
2: I have a feeling it's going to start becoming more and more one-sided as we keep going. (laughs)
3: i don't know i didn't oh we'll see Uh, i don't want i don't want to ruin the ending all right um episode 29 watery doom out of the tributary and into the kolos could this be the survivor's treasure yep kolos are kolos it's true elizandra is the daughter Alessandra Dramali is not wearing a dress, but on the cover illustration, she does have pants and glasses. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else you want from me. That's it.
0: Okay.
3: (laughs) Uh, So they find this oasis in the desert, and he's like, oh, could this be where the treasure is? And Handy Rams, just, like, his footnote says, yep. So, like, that's a win for Jacques, I think. So we're even up at two and two there. Um, The Koloss... It turns out that they do have hemallergic spikes, but uh they're kind of like they're kind of like the Amish like you're kind of raised with their way of life, and then when you come of age, you get to decide whether to truly fully become Amish or not you you get to decide whether or not you take on the spikes and you know you lose some of your identity and some of your mind, but you gain the like the strength and like the true coloss form or whatever uh alessandra is Colos blooded but uh you know refused the spikes and moved on to city life and has like a blue tint to her skin but covers it up with makeup because it's really faint and she can do that and she and uh jacques kind of fall in love or something she kind of falls in love with him sarcastically at first but then like really over time and he just likes her because she has glasses
2: isn't this what we call is Is this what we call a sunder or
3: am i mistaken a sunder
2: yeah no sunder it's an anime thing oh sunder,
3: like, sunder. yeah like saw, the girl I likes the, the
2: main mean. boy but it also like is mean to him and it's sort I of like it just means
3: like shy i'm not sure that's a japanese that's like an anime trope um i'm not sure exactly what it means literally Okay, I'm looking it up. Let's see what memory alpha says. It's spelled T-S-U-N-D-E-R-E, I believe. You're memory alpha. I guess
2: it's a personality who is initially cold, temperamental, and hot-headed, even hostile, before gradually showing a warmer, friendlier side. So maybe not quite. How
3: do you pronounce that word? Tori should know. No, I actually know how to
2: pronounce that. It's Sunder.
3: The only thing I can think of is the Sunder plane from Undertale that, like, as you as you try to be it, it gradually warms up to you <laughs> over several actions. That's <laughs> same. Is it Sunder or it's Sundir? I don't know. It's Japanese. Um, <clears throat> like tsunami starts with the T S. All right. So Alessandra also happens to be the daughter of the challenger that Yak defeated, and. They're trying to be like, oh, now she wants you to be spiked. And she's like, I don't really want you to be spiked. And they're going to spike you against my will. And they're going to spike me against my will. And that's basically the end of episode 29, I guess. Mm -hmm. Anybody ready for episode 30?
0: So ready.
3: Okay. (laughs) Episode 30. Pacifism (laughs) strictly forbids self-inflicted violence. Because Jack is just so dumb that Handerwin just needs to beat himself up and inflict violence on like you know and not to take serious issues lately but it's in the book um but you know Andrew a pacifist and he's not allowed to be violent and that includes self-inflicted violence uh zandra and jack hug jake is really a coloss, or so he claims he will prove this by recovering the survivor's treasure. Windbagged. They founded a key. Xandra had kept it, and it fitted the lock. The treasure is spikes. Jack is like a kid that finds less value in a toy than in the box in which it came. And finally, Hammondar is not as good as Hamuary. Um, so... This is a pretty good line from Handerwim. He's like, oh, I want to not be a pacifist for a second at myself. And he calls um Elizondra, Zondra for short, which I thought was cute. So I wrote that down. And <laughs> Jack's like, oh, I'm really a Coloss. Or so he claims. And he's like, I'll prove it to you by recovering the survivor's treasure. Kind of like going all in because he has nothing to lose except for everything. And this is the only way out. Um, and there's this one part where, so yeah, anyway, So he, he dives underwater. He's like, bloop, 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 bloop. and then somehow it gets to the bottom of this uh, fathomless yet measurable. And the, yeah, he does say that the the lake is um, unfathomable. <laughs> but Handerwim goes back and measures it, and it's literally not unfathomable. So there's a point for Handerwim three two. Um, So he goes to the bottom, and then there's this, like, lock. Well, he grabs a rock to jump in so he can sink. And then there's like, he breathes into this bladder that's... Was the bladder attached to the chest? Because there's just, like, this poem that he remembered that had something to do with only life will... I don't know. It's, you know, it's... Yeah. And then he gets the treasure. Almost like he was
0: making it up.
3: (laughs) Almost. But he does find the treasure. and. It he does somehow manage to get it to float to the top, and the treasure is spikes because this like particular tribe of coloss was outnumbered by the other tribes, but now they have more spikes, so they can make more coloss. And then we have a point where um we're like in a previous episode, Zandra happens to find a key, and the key, I don't know, it was just kind of like randomly this. This key from a previous episode makes ever currents and is able to open the box and open up the treasure of the survivor. And uh Handerwim makes like like so there's this line where it's like, oh, the key fitted the lock. And Handerwim calls that out. And we, basically the footnote just says sigh on the word fitted, particularly. Um but like if he's British, that's like that's a an acceptable past tense of the word fit if you're British. He's so,
2: not British. He's French.
1: He's French. Drunk. He's not French. He's Scadrian.
2: Yes, that too. It's,
3: yeah. So who knows what Scadrian, um grammar is like. And, you know, I, I mean, maybe Handerwim is right because I don't have the context of Scadrian dialect, but on Earth, If you're British, fitted is an acceptable past tense of the word fit. So I'm giving this point to Jack. But what's also funny is that like in my bulletin, though, I wrote founded and fitted. Fitted is even a word in American English. Um, Like I was fitted for a suit. It has a completely different meaning than how Jacques is trying to make it now. But, you know, it's a word. And since I know we have European listeners who are just kind of like, what's going on here? In America, the past sense of fit in this context would typically just be fit, like the key fit the lock. But, you know, fitted is acceptable and Handerwin needs to stop being such a pedant. So I'm going to give this point to Jack and we're going to end tied 3-3. to
2: Isn't this Handerwin's job, though, if he's like an
0: editor? <laughs>
3: he's <laughs> Brandon's edi- he- He's Brandon editing himself, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, so the treasure spikes, and you know at, at the coloss are excited to find new spikes. So Yak, Jack, Jacques, Jake, and Zandra are able to escape in the hubbub of finding new spikes, and that's the end of all we know about Alamancer. What's his face? Allomancer. Oh, and the other thing was like the box—the box that the spikes came in was made out of aluminum, so it was actually more valuable to our heroes than the spikes themselves. And also, the name of the month that uh, the Terrace man pens, it's, it's Hammondar, but I like Hammuary better.
2: Hammuary? sounds so good.
3: Lousy,
1: smart <laughs> weather.
3: You want me to go back? I actually went back and looked at the month names that I came up with. Yes. I want to rehash them for yes, those of please. you who missed our Alloy of Law. All right, I don't have it handy. All right. There we go. Coming up, coming up, coming up. Um, I don't know if I edited them. We had some good suggestions from Discord. By the way, uh, twitch.com slash tv slash patreon.com slash CosmereCast. To join our Discord server, you do not have to be a member. You just have to visit the website one time and click the link and... You can see what's going on. You can even talk behind my back in the spoiler channels. Uh, but here we go. I don't know if I updated them with Discord thingies or not. But all right. Hamuary, Club Brewery, Vinwarch, which was the one actually given in Alloy of Law, Says April, Marche, Daxun, Kelai, Kelly, August, September, Spooktober, 10 November, December. I think Tensoon was the one that got a better one that I probably didn't update in here. Because I remember writing 10 November.
2: Well, anyway. You, ten
3: What's Ur- August. Oh, wait, no. Tensoon took over uh, Ursa. Um, 10 November? I, I don't. I still I don't like remember.
2: Spooktober. I do like Spooktober.
3: Spooktober? I That's think August Ur- Ur- really Ur- really Ur- is oh, my favorite. <laughs> Although, nobody really liked Ursa, so maybe he doesn't get a month.
2: <laughs> yeah, no one liked for Seer until it was Tensu. <laughs> right. Basically what happened.
3: So uh real quick in Brandon's afterward, he literally compares his stories to Batman. Alright. It wasn't just me. He's like comparing Alamancer Yer- Jer- to or Jerk to Wax is basically like comparing Adam West to Christian Bale. Like, <laughs> hello? Like, even he knew that he was basically just writing Magic Batman. <laughs> and that's the end of this week's episodes.
2: It's essentially Batman and Sherlock Holmes combined.
3: That's what this is. And Batman I don't think is Sherlock right Holmes. Dude, true. Sherlock Holmes is based on Batman. Didn't you ever read Adam Cumberbatch? <laughs>
2: um, so uh, about this story um handerwin like absolutely makes it he
3: yeah to be honest i'm disappointed that handerwin wasn't in the story proper i really wanted to see some farukami in this story i was i was looking forward to it specifically for that reason and i didn't get it yeah it hops up in the broadsheet but like in context this was another like rpg backstory which was slightly better than 11th metal and it didn't for Brandon's purposes in why he had to write this, you know, he didn't need Handerwim's uh Farukami to actually play a vital role in the story. It's just, you know, I like I like Farukami. <laughs>
2: so yeah, so I, I know I was originally reluctant to story when it was in Arcanum Unbounded, but then when I started reading it and got all of Handerwim's edit editorial comments, I'm like, okay, this is fun. Um, yeah the and back
3: and forth between story and footnotes is definitely the best part
2: and the important part of the story is it, it does give us information it tells us about the Coloss in era 2 which which yeah it gives us
3: Colossus in era 2 i guess i guess for the rpg like it kind of touches on tin allomancy <laughs> um and licking walls <laughs> Now, I bet you, like oh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere, actually, somehow, yeah. there was a player of this RPG that tried to lick a wall and get elemantic powers out of it because of this story.
2: And and so it clarified that here you go. This, this this is it. This is info.
3: No, yeah, but, but yeah. For I world building, awesome. the fact that we actually do have hemolytic spikes and full right. on coloss as opposed to just coloss blooded people was was interesting. Like that was the be- the most world building bit of this story.
2: But you can have half Coloss people like the girlfriend or whatever she is and Zandra. And um, shoot, what's his face? He's in Alloy of Law, the one of Blue the. Blue guy.
3: What is it? Bluto.
2: Bluto? Isn't he only like partial? Co- like he's like Coloss blooded, bull Coloss?
3: Yeah, I mean, so is Zandra. She's. All right, like... that's what I mean. The whole uh, point. I think, I don't think story... she had a human parent. Did she have a human parent? Or did she have two Coloss parents?
2: My whole point is an alloy of RPG, you know, even ref- We could have a full Coloss now because of Alamancer Jack written for the tabletop RPG. We know that you can also have a full Coloss. Spikes. Yeah, I
3: wonder. Like, so we do get confirm. I mean, this is, I, I think this is actually the first confirmation that hemallergy actually exists in Era 2. Like, I, th- I, I would assume that, well, Harmony has to allow hemolurgy to exist in order to let allomancy exist right like it has to balance out
2: right he can't he can't remove the possibility of hemorrhage but he can hide the information about it
3: it also seems like they reuse the same spikes which maybe the colas and one actually did as well like they actually use the same spikes for each generation
2: like the whole freak out that human had was like didn't he like grabbed some spikes and then started spiking at someone else or something like that like he ripped out the spikes of a coloss. like and that was the whole point like they had to deal with their dead to get the spikes out
1: yeah yeah which was someone in that book i don't remember who it may have been Sazed in the epigraphs uh thought that maybe that reusing the spikes gave them a little bit more humanity
3: instead of having to kill fresh people every time they needed
1: right uh, because I believe under the Lord Ruler, they were not they were only given fresh spikes. Like, they weren't allowed to reuse.
0: Hmm. Well, maybe it was something like they didn't know they could reuse them until the Lord Ruler stopped giving them fresh spikes, and then that was the only way they could make more?
1: Uh, How about if we update our rankings?
0: Alrighty.
2: We
1: just and had, we like, a solid minute of nobody talking.
0: That
2: happens. What would you like to do instead? Well, so <laughs> now our listeners know Spoiler that. Spoiler talk, that's what, Craig? You were going to snip that out. That's why we don't talk.
0: Oh, Also, I was the last one who said something before the moment of silence, so I thought maybe I, I just blew your minds. Like, what I said was so profound.
3: Yeah. Well, I think I'm actually going gonna... to... Mm-hmm. What
2: were you going to say,
0: Dave?
3: I was going to update my rankings. Oh, okay. So where would you place
2: the two short stories we just read?
3: Well, I've already... Oh, did I not write? It? I guess I didn't uh, update my thing. So, um, as for Alamancer, Jack, and the pits of Tanya, episodes twenty-eight through thirty, I think I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna put this right above eleventh medal. It wasn't it wasn't fantastic. Um, I liked Shadows for, for Silence was better, uh, and I did rank. Uh, what you call it, McGee? And I don't remember where I put it last week, but I'm just gonna say that it's 13. What was it called? Dusk of Dusk. I'm um, gonna put that at 13, right above Hope of Elantris. And apparently, I wrote Hope of Elantris is 43, and I don't feel like fixing it. <laughs> Poor Hope of Elantris. Just because. No, 43 Dragon is one...
0: accurate. <laughs> like, like, however many Cosmere stories and books come out in the future, it's always going to be in last place. So you might as oh,
3: well just. Oh forty three. But I mean, Brandon did did marry that girl, so like, mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, all right,
1: Craig, where where do these two new short fictions lie on your list?
2: Um. All right, so I'm actually currently updating. My rankings on the on the page but alamancer jack i think i agree with dave it's right above 11th metal um so that'd be below elantris for me so it's in the bottom portion only because it's more of a short story again written for the tabletop but i think it's above the point where i would do a reread um again handerwim i think really makes it um so it is an enjoyable read and i definitely like it a lot more than 11th metal Um, yeah. And Six of the Dusk, uh, I actually put right above Shadows for Silence. I think I like it slightly better. That would put it below Emperor's Soul for me. Um, there's a lot of interesting things happening in Six of the Dusk. So, I mean, there's a a lot of stuff happening in Shadows for Silence, but I feel like there's more Cosmere implications for Six of the Dusk.
1: Okay. I can see your rankings, uh, because I'm on the Discord. Could you provide numbers for the folks at home who aren't on our discord yet
2: well they should join our discord it's free okay it, uh, it's out of 14
1: know. so we're not we're not talking we're like four... rocket science yeah, so
2: Alamancer jack would be number 12 um and six of the dusk is number nine all right
1: uh so mine uh six of the dusk comes in at number 10 that is above warbreaker and below shadows for silence and Alamancer yak comes in at number four this is just under way of kings and above oh, the yeah. alley of law. I that's love this story. That's super high. I love this story so much.
3: Well you just all right? So for context, Mike is basically the guy in Twitch chat who acts like Kanderwim to all the streamers, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is why he loves the story. Wow, that's super high.
1: Yeah, it's great. All right, Tori.
0: Uh, so it's it's closer to the bottom for me. Um, so. And my list is not numbered. I'm sorry, but the bottom is, of course, Hope of Elantris, and then 11th Metal, and then that's where I'm going to put Alamancer Jack.
2: Hey, that's just like me. So
0: that
1: is number 12? Sure. Well, there's 14. Okay. And there's two lower than it.
0: Yep, sounds good.
1: All right, how about Six of the Dusk?
0: Didn't we talk about this last week? It's um,
1: not on your list. I can't see I know, where it is. I know, I know.
0: It's not on my list, but we did talk about it last week, didn't we? Gosh.
1: Do you remember where you put it on your list last week?
0: I don't. I'm sorry.
2: I don't either, and it's
1: not visibly on your list.
2: Just just pick two books that you think would be in between and go with that.
0: Uh, I'm going to say it's above... And You can use
2: your ranking on the cast list page.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Um... I think I would put it above Emperor's Soul.
1: So that so would be that number would be seven.
0: Eight? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, seven.
1: And just below Alloy of Law for you. Yes. Okay.
0: I feel like you need Alloy of Law in order for Alamancer Jack to Um, So it's got to be higher than Alamancer Jack. But Alamancer Jack is not that great.
1: Alamancer Jack is that great.
0: No, it's not.
2: See, Weird. he feels about elven
0: He ranked
2: Well of Ascension at like the bottom.
0: Yeah, you can't trust just my telling... opinions on anything. I'm just glad
2: we get a variety. Make what? My as I'm as like, my as my well husband is fond of telling favorite.
0: me, as my husband is fond of telling me, I have terrible taste. He says that because I'm married to him. <laughs>
2: Wait,
3: but yeah, you God, also I'm enjoy
2: so. Brandon Sanderson.
3: But she enjoys him incorrectly.
2: Apparently, <laughs> no. You like this thing wrongly.
3: What? What are you, Reddit?
2: Uh, <laughs> so I I think we have mentioned it already. Um, but just to go over it sort of in the postscript, this story was written for the Alloy of Law addition to the, the tabletop RPG. And then he eventually posted it on his website. And then, of course, included it in the short story collection, Arcanum Unbounded. So that's that's the path that this took. But it was very similar to the 11th metal that it was originally written for the tabletop RPG.
3: Speaking of Arcanum Unbounded, the silhouette from the cover image that turned out to be Zandra, I was actually hoping that would be Chris. I thought I was like, oh man, is this Chris like spying on the other If you want to know what
2: Chris looks like, we will get there.
3: Mm. Not
2: for a while though. Not for a very long while.
1: She's a main character in White Sand. Oh which we're not going to get to until after Oathbringer, so it's going
2: to be a bit...
3: Wait, I thought Oathbringer was... That's not right. Oathbringer's like the last thing.
2: We're doing all of White because White Sam Part 3 was released after Oathbringer, we're just going to do all three together. Uh... Oh, what, what
0: does the diagram say? Let's. That That is what the diagram says, yes. And I oh. thought it
2: was Part 2 and Part 3 that came out after Oathbringer.
0: Regardless of when they came out, we're not reading them until after Oathbringer.
2: Right. We're actually, it's it's funny, like, we're nearing the end of our list, but we got a lot of content through. Because we, we have Shadows of Self and Bands of Mourning coming up. Two um, Accidentally. This, um, two Accidentally. Yep. Mistborn Secret History. Then we're going to, I guess, do Arcanum Unbounded. I guess it's all the other stuff in Arcanum Unbounded that is isn't the short story part. Yep. And Edge Dancer, which is in Arcanum Unbounded. So it's like we're having like two novels and like two novellas. And then we get Oathbringer, which is a beat. Uh, and then we'll have White Sands. Do and, we want to do yeah, Edge Dancer
1: so... and then all of the Arcanum Unbounded stuff?
2: Sure, which, which whichever you guys decide. I
1: kind of feel like that's going to work a little better. Yeah, probably. And then Oathbringer is going to take us about three years to get through. Approximately. Yeah, pretty
2: much. It, o- it looks like the list is very short, and of course, we haven't added Rhythm of War yet to it, but... Oh, and we also have um, the short story written before Rhythm of War, which I'm drawing it's a blank.
3: book.
0: Dawn Shard. Yeah, and Dawn
2: Shard. We have that it's as not well a... that needs to be added to the list.
0: Yeah, it's not on the list, get... but it is on the diagram. And the sin. diagram has been updated for that.
2: Sanderson is working on um, Mistborn Book 4, era 2 Book 4. Yep. Which should cap the trilogy... Because Alloy of Law is a prequel to the trilogy.
1: Oh, and also um, Skyward, book three, possibly also book four.
2: Well, yeah, but that's not Cosmere. We Dave can read that whenever he wants. Yeah.
0: It's not Cosmere, but it will affect our schedule because, you know, he's not writing Cosmere books while he's doing those.
2: And somewhere
1: in there should probably be Alcatraz 6.
2: Bonus content for the, the Star Sight or whatever series I'm in. Uh, we've all read it, though. Oh, we can still discuss it. We can theorycraft and have some fun with it.
1: We don't have a new, new reader. Mm. Uh, yeah, Dave, we can close this out. We've we've been talking about nonsense for a while now. Uh, any, any Craig, you always have something, so Maybe. give us one uh, more, and then we'll end.
2: I don't have anything. Not for this. I already talked about the coloss. how they're still using spikes, and that would be closest to spoiler content. Oh, oh, wait, no, I have something.
3: <laughs> you didn't talk uh, about trains yet.
2: No, let's talk about Ferokinetic. Um, do you What's know furukamy? what kind of ferrochemical power that uh Handerwim does? does?
3: Yes, charisma mines. We I already learned that in the broadsheets.
2: Uh, okay. It's called a connector. Whatever. Uh, it I figured
3: dral- that out before they even told dral-
2: me. Hold on, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Duralu. Duralumen.
3: Thank you.
2: But essentially, he stores and releases connection. Capital C with a
3: capital C. Yeah. Capital
2: C Connection.
3: Yeah. That's, I was really hoping to see that in action. That's why I was looking forward. Like that was the main thing I was looking forward to reading about in this short story. So that might be why I ranked it a little bit lower. Just cause like I had my own expectations coming into it that weren't met, which is always on me. I, I agree. So no big deal.
2: So, all right. I think that'll do it for us.
3: Time for spoilers. See you later guys. Uh, no, are we spoilering? I
2: don't think so. I wasn't planning on spoilers. Well, if Craig I wasn't planning on it. The spoiler thing I would want to mention.
1: Tori, do you have any spoiler stuff, or should we just end?
0: I don't have any spoiler stuff for Alomance or Jack, but we were going to wait till this week in case Craig had any for Sixth of the Dusk from last week.
2: Oh, yeah. You got anything, there, Craig? There's stuff we could talk about a little bit later.
3: <laughs> All right. Have fun, guys. Yeah, okay, a
2: little bye, detail. Dave.
3: Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay. Six of the Dusk aliens.
2: Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll mention the one thing related to Alamancer Jack first, which is that Handerwin mentioned messes with connection like he stores connection then can release it so he could maybe do similar things that ishar does well he
1: only but messes with his own
2: connection that's true he can't mess with other people's connection which ishar does
1: and what we've seen of connection minds in action seems very surface level like like
2: you can you know. you'd learn new languages because you can speak the other languages and yeah like google Dave auto said, translate like it charisma my mind it it makes you more appealing because you suddenly have this connection with people that you wouldn't normally have.
1: Right. Which we've seen Dalinar do both of these things, but I feel like Stormlight connection um, stuff is a lot more powerful, theoretically, and deeper.
2: Right. Being able to mess with other people's connection is ridiculously powerful in the cosmic. Because everything magic related investiture related is is based on connection in some way so if you can change that you are incredibly powerful it's it's essentially the trump card someone who's very powerful at investiture can be defeated by messing with their connection in some way Uh, as we actually see in elantris their connection was messed with and they couldn't fully go through the process to uh To become Elantrin.
1: I was actually just about to bring up Elantris in that, theoretically, if you can find the right shape to draw in the air, you can do anything that any other investiture system can do.
2: Yep, yep, that's true. And you have to be near Elantris, though, to make up for that.
1: No, that just gives you more power. We've discussed this. All right, well, yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's only because Elantris itself was built as a power amplifier. Right. Like, that's just what it is. That's why you're more powerful near Elantris.
1: So I wonder if there were some Elantrians who were, like, studying new glyphs to try to figure out how to mess with connection through these glyphs to and make were... more Elantrians.
2: I don't know about that, but I do know that they're definitely experimenting uh, because we have the Irie and and they're they're doing stuff. They make that, that uh, object that we're going to see in Secret History that can essentially grant connection to a different shard. Like,
1: I'm entirely convinced that the bulk of the uh, pre-Riode Elantrians were not good guys.
2: Given the fact that Aeon Dor is essentially mindless, it's a mindless investiture, it will affect anyone, you just have to be in the correct geographical location, and it hits you. So, it's not like we have the return to on Nalthus, who are selected by endowment. The, this is just random people wake up, and suddenly, boom, you hit the, you have the Sheod. Like, good luck. So, yes, bad people absolutely could become a Alatrans. I think, like you said, post-Ryod, because we have um, a Rayodin sort of in charge, I think we're gonna see different, like, we're gonna actually have, like, morals and a code in place because there's more structure there. But, yeah, absolutely. Pre-Ryod, they're just... Do whatever they want. They have all this power. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about Six of the Dust. Yeah, so, I want the magic
0: chickens. Sometimes you just pull out Elantris.
2: It just happened.
0: You just got to pull out Elantris sometimes.
2: That's true. Um, yeah, the only thing I want to talk about, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, since I didn't listen to recording, I had no time. Did Did you talk about the, n- the new like chapter that was released that's supposed to be in the next Six of the Dust book? We, we did, did not talk
0: about that because uh, our... Uh, one of our listeners pointed that out to us after the recording or during the recording, and then we didn't get to read it until after the recording. Okay,
1: I um, knew about it before, but I still haven't read it.
2: There's some interesting stuff there. We essentially get, I think, a shard gun makes its appearance.
0: Yes, and we, we do. Have
2: something that looks like a, um, a singer that happens to be a Radiant of some type.
0: That's what it looks like.
2: So that's some important information, because keep in mind, Six of Dust is the last one, chronologically speaking. Of everything released so far, it takes place in the far future. People speculate that the 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 ones from above that we see are actually Skadrian. So we're talking Era 4 Skadrian is what we see, if that happens to be the case.
0: We so also we find Scadrians.
2: out. We might, it looks like we have Radiance, so we have some people from Roshar. That happen to be on this planet. So, and also that means they can leave the, the Rosh- Roshar system, which is pretty big news. But it's not really new news, is it? We have never seen a Rochar world hopper until that short story, until that chapter um, was released.
0: I think we had a word of Brandon that said that, like, if you had enough Stormlight, you could fly off the planet, but. I think this is the first time we've seen it in-world, in, in world kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but where would you go? Like, physical space is big, and good luck having enough investiture to make that trip in the physical realm. Well, I was
1: talking more about Hoyt showing up in Mistborn Era 2.
2: Oh, because he left the Rosharian film. Yeah, that's yeah. true. After that, that forming a, a bond with um, a cryptic. With a it's I don't count Hoyt because I feel like Hoyt has so many tricks in his bag that I'm sure there's a way he can figure out how to leave the system or just not be bound by all the oaths. I don't know. Hoyd is Hoyd. But the fact that we have some sort of Radiant, I think, is pretty big deal. Okay, but Hoyd's whole deal
1: was keep... Oh, actually, killing Race. But if can't kill Race, keep Race bound to Roshar. Yeah. And as of the end of Rhythm of War, he still believes Race is alive and bound to Roshar. Why would he potentially risk that if he knows a way around the Oath Pact? No, that's, he...
2: you just sort of answered the question. He finds out that race was killed, so he's done. He leaves. But he hasn't found that out yet. He hasn't found that out yet, but he's probably going to find it out in Book 5. Or the Oath Pact will end. Or that. I kind of find that one more likely. So then Odium will be free. So yeah, so the short story is pretty neat. I do recommend people, I think he released it on his website, um it's it's something he mentioned it um like conventions and i think it's on live streams not because we haven't really been doing conventions recently but uh it's just sort of like a chapter from the sequel to six of the dusk and we actually get to see interaction with people that are considered the ones from above but but we have different groups because they're essentially strong arming um the people of the planet because because they they want the birds like they want the avar aviar how
0: do I AVR. that? AVR. Well, and another thing we talked about last week that you missed, Craig, was uh, Mike and I were, and and Dave was with us the whole time. We didn't have spoilers last week. We were theorizing about uh, the powers, that, or the talents, rather, that the different types of AVR bestow on their owners. Yeah. Uh, because in Sixth of the Dusk, we, we do see... Um, one that's sort of like a copper cloud—is that what we said? Um,
1: yeah, that's that's the standard tropical birds. That's what everybody gets.
0: Yeah. Yes, uh, because it it blocks your minds from the from the nasties that live on those islands. Um, and, and the
1: the deep ones. Yes. Big sea uh, monsters.
0: The sea monsters mm-hmm. that live around the islands. Um, and we also see that um, sack the. Um, what what was it? The home islander bird that gained magical abilities when uh, Dusk took him to the island. Who mm-hmm.
1: um, was like a crow or a raven, some yes. some black feathered carrion eater.
0: And we said that was basically Atium or Electrum similar. Um, Closer to
1: what Craig thinks Electrum does, but we haven't actually seen happen right. yet.
0: But, in this sequel story uh one is is so so we last week we were thinking you know that these are comparable to the uh the scadrian metals, but in the sequel story, one bird is mentioned that gives the gives you the ability to see colors that other people can't see, which is an althus thing sure so um. Now we get to theorize that the birds aren't just comparable to Allomancy, but to any form of Investiture that we've seen so far. Yeah. We just got to find the right chickens.
2: I I think the the whole big thing about this and and what I've noticed about Investiture and how it manifests itself is that you're going to see some similarities. Uh, I think looking at Allomancy and and, uh, Farukami is the best course because it's so well documented what the different abilities are so using those as a baseline keeping in mind there can be some differences like when we go to nalthus we start playing around more with sound and light sort of what it emphasizes but a lot of that has to do with holding a lot of investiture so being able to listen to more of a pure tone or being able to see certain colors which is a wavelength of light sort of thing is a side effect of investiture not really of just holding a lot of investiture um but yeah, I, I think I can, I can see, like, in general, the A.V.R. are going to be able to manifest any sort of ability that we've seen, whether it be surges or alamancy or just how breaths work. What if every
1: A.V.R. can become a shard blade and they choose not to because birds are jerks?
0: <laughs> birds are jerks. But also... They sort of
2: are very similar to Sprint, though, aren't they? Like, they, they form a connection with with their hunter person. And through that, they essentially give you access to the use of some investiture.
0: But since it is just a dumb bird and not a thinking sprint, um, it makes it they're more accessible to... They're not that dumb, but they're probably less... Uh, sticklers about the whole bonding thing like Sprint are, you know, Sprint are picky about who they choose. It's probably easier to get one of these invested birds. That and I'm thinking right, that's right. why um, you know, in, in this sequel story we see that the the ones above are very, very much into like they want these birds.
2: Well, so think about so Scadrians would want it because not everyone can become an Alamancer or uh Frucumus unless you start playing around with hem which i'm sure is very much frowned upon so keep in mind we're talking era four mistborn so who knows what path we're going to take with hem uh we don't even know like it's sort of just revealed itself in era two so we're gonna have to see where the where book four goes with it um so maybe they don't really use hem that would be the way to pass around the ability so yes this is an easy way to do that um like you said They have to form a bond with a Sprint who's sort of a stickler for following certain oaths, unless something has changed with the Oath Pack and or Honor. So we don't know. Again, there's some things that we don't know. But yes, like you said, it's easier to get an AVR that has certain abilities and just to have access to these abilities. I think the only ones who wouldn't really be interested is those on Nalthus because they just spread breaths. The Bands of Warning uh... kind of undercut one of your points there. Oh, okay. Good.
1: Go on. That furucomi and hemalurgy, or not hemalurgy, alamancy can only be uh, spread you through. You can use furukami,
2: You can use the bands of mourning type thing where you don't have an identity and you use an Id- Yeah, I, I know what you mean.
1: Assuming, of course, that that is repeatable in any way, well, and I have no idea if it is.
2: Re- refresh my memory. Can non tap the bands of mourning? Um, well, no, no, yeah, because Marissi does the is the the heating metal right yeah and she's she's not a farukimus but she can still use it and they all use the the weight lessening mines yeah yeah okay that is a good point so then why are they here why do they want access to the avr because you
1: also can get other stuff
2: yeah they are sort of limited to the number of things that because it's like you have to use up a metal to do the whole identity thing and so you don't have that much room
1: and the bands of mourning might not be something that even in Era 4, they can
2: make. As far as we know, they were made by either Kelsier or Spook and Kelsier. Or Spook and Kelsier and Marsh. Mm, yeah. Marsh definitely could have helped there. Either way, we're talking about needing access to a full Mistborn.
0: Another thing that the birds have going for them is um, transportability, which we, we do see um, towards the end of the Stormlight books. Like that's, that's what people are talking about, is we're trying to get... To investiture off world and the birds are you know once they get their power from their special island diet you take the birds away and the power goes with them like they don't have to stay on their world in order to be invested
2: so clearly lots of people based on the short story one i know we're not necessarily talking about six of the dust spoilers so much as six of the dust plus the sequel but it's there's a lot of information there and i think there, there's definitely a discussion to be had about the AVR in general because, to recap, in just talking Rhythm of War here, we see two AVR there on Roshar. And this is before Six of the Dust. Because you we know, know Mraze has one, and now Lyft has a different one.
1: A Mistborn could just sort of chill on Pachi and be completely safe all the time. Like, it's this super dangerous place, but if you have enough
2: power, who cares? Did you I, Did you mention that... Um, the island is suspected to be an avatar of autonomy? Uh, we did
1: not, because we didn't go into spoiler time. Okay. But, yes, okay, so Potji is an, uh, apparently an avatar of autonomy. Also, an agreement between autonomy and Hoid. Also, a big old trap for Hoid.
0: Well, and And also, also... Uh, and this is something that's in the, um, you know, the Arcanum Unbounded, that the, the sections that we're not letting Dave read, like the, the prescript and the postscript, um, it does mention that, uh, First of the Sun, uh, does not have a shard on it and does not have a perpendicularity. And so part of the, the whole plot is that these ones above are having to travel there through the physical realm because they can't get there through the cognitive realm.
1: Yeah, right. Which is also a Hoid.
2: Although is doesn't it say that there's another planet that they might be coming from? Like in in that system, there they could be traveling from that other planet to first of the sun. Am I am I mistaken? I don't know. If, like it's been a while since I read that. I don't it remember that, that, but maybe or I mi- don't know. or it might have been a thought I had. Like, what if they're actually visiting from a different planet that's in that? solar system
0: so like they use the perpendicularity a to get to a planet that's closer to it rather than travel the whole yeah. way through space that seems very likely
2: but the whole important thing is that we suspect i don't think we've gotten confirmation but we suspect that um how do you pronounce it pachi 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 is uh is an like a, an avatar of autonomy which Likes to spread avatars of itself throughout different systems, mm-hmm. which is sort of funny given autonomy and what yeah. it means. It clearly means take over everything because that's what she does. She likes to make avatars. She likes to make avatars which sort of self-govern themselves. So she is about autonomy. She just has a weird view of that intent.
1: Hmm. Could autonomy she's also- have taken a larger piece of dominion? The, the, and the hidden shard,
2: deck. you think she has a piece of the Dominion shard? I mean, it would explain a lot of her behavior. I don't know if she was a part of that one, though. We know it was Odium and apparently Mercy. No, no, that was with Ambition.
1: Yeah, which everybody was like, nah, that Ambition needed to go.
2: They were friends until the moment they took up the shards, and they're like, well, Ambition is going to be the first to die. Have fun, Odium, and hey, Mercy's going to help you, too. But, uh... Yeah, may, may, if Odium and Autonomy work together to destroy Dominion and Devotion, and my understanding and is, is that Autonomy they did, Autonomy kept a part of the shard, not enough to change her intent, but I guess tweak it a little bit. Interesting, maybe. Perhaps she's she's certainly up to something in in against Scadrial as well. From what we can tell, another of her avatars is Trell, up to something on Scadrial. But again. This is sort of fan speculation. We haven't gotten explicit confirmation that, yes, this is autonomy. It's just that people suspect and we're like, eh, yeah, it's in Rayfo. Right,
1: so back to the Hoyd autonomy patchy thing. Uh, so Hoyd collects uh, investiture, right? Yeah. He asked a bunch of shards directly via letters for help, probably by way of investiture, right? Okay. So autonomy's like, all right. I'm a set up a little test for you. And if you can pass it, you get investiture. And that's Pachi. Follow, following so far? This track so far?
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Okay,
2: well, but we also have the investiture system on Taldane, which we absolutely know is autonomy. So that would be the primary form of her investiture.
1: And she probably doesn't want Hoyd coming to Taldane.
2: Sure, yes. I, I agree with that.
1: So here... I I built you a Legends of the Hidden Temple.
0: It's like, you want it? Come get it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Except it's a huge death trap, which is intentional. Of course. And you have to go through the death trap to get to the fruit, which is the thing that's actually invested. But okay. apparently the fruit is deadly to people, probably. Right. So, bugs eat the fruit, but it's not deadly to the bugs. Yeah. Birds eat the bugs. The bugs aren't deadly to the birds. But then the birds get the power. So, hoyd Gets there, has to go there physically because no, uh, no shard pool, so it takes a bunch of his time. Gets there, goes through death traps, and if he's not then being careful after dealing with all these death traps, eat fruit, die.
2: Well, that's that's the plan, at least.
1: But then for I don't Autonomy... I think
2: Floyd would fall for that.
1: For Autonomy to then keep their word, which they technically have, that Investor has to be available without a like deep connection to... The shard, right? Yeah. Which is which is why the AVR work and how the AVR work.
2: It's sort of an autonomy for how it would so, work.
1: So it's all a loophole to allow autonomy to keep their word while also setting up a giant death trap for Hoid.
2: Yeah, that's that sounds right up her alley. Okay, is that just what you wanted? Was confirmation that this is a thing?
1: Uh, I just sort of wanted to run it past you guys and see if it
2: held water. It does. Yay. <laughs> I don't know if specifically she came up with something against Hoyd, but its I feel like this is certainly in the wheelhouse. Well, we have the and letters. And that is
0: some, that is some vicious let- ex-girlfriend hey, vibes there. What's that, Tori? I said that is some vicious ex-girlfriend vibes there.
2: Ah. Uh, Which
1: totally could be the
2: case. Yeah. Man, we need Dragonsteel. So much so much would be answered, but it's the last book he's like ever gonna write in the cosmere. yeah so do you guys want to talk briefly about the AVRs that we've in like elsewhere and how the heck?
1: Well there's the green one and the red one and I don't know what either of them do.
2: We have the ones above like you said there is no perpendicularity there. How the heck do people have AVRs We don't know of any spacefaring invested people yet. We have world hoppers, and that's it. And you, you can't world hop to First of the Sun.
0: Maybe you could at one point, and you can't now. Maybe uh, we learn more about that later. Well, the perpendicularities, Maybe can.
2: perpendicularities are not necessarily intentional from the shard holder. They just sort of happen. That's where investiture pulls. Well, okay.
0: and it's an autonomy planet, and she's got several. Maybe she moves around.
2: Hang on. You, you think she hung out there? So formed the perpendicularity, and then she eventually moved to a different planet. So I have a thing. We... Yeah?
1: We know that there is a traveling surge which allows the temporary creation of perpendicularities to get into and out of the cognitive realm, right? Uh, you're talking about the, the storm? No, I'm talking about Yasna. Oh,
2: oh you're talking about the transport—okay, you're talking about the surge. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, which we know that a lot of forms of investiture show up elsewhere very, very similarly.
2: Are you saying there's an avr that can jump between the physical and cognitive realms? I wasn't saying that. I'm also not not saying that.
1: That could be a thing. (laughs) I'm saying that what if there's another form of investiture from somewhere else that allows you to do that same thing with enough power, Mm -hmm. which would then allow very specific people to travel to uh, First of the Sun without going through the physical realm.
2: And leave it to the Ghost Bloods to have access to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like,
1: in order to get regular travel there, you still need either a stable perpendicularity or physical travel, which sucks. But it's not but impossible can to get do physical in and out.
2: travel. Not everyone can do the special right. world hopping version. Okay. Well, that certainly is definitely a way to get an AVR. Uh, and on
1: the previous thing that was said of the. Uh, Elantrians basically being able to do anything if they can find the right shape to draw in the air. The Iry have probably figured that out. Okay. In fact, it's probably pretty similar to the teleportation thing that we saw at the end of Elantris. Just needs a different modifier on it.
2: Yeah. So, Marae's AVR is has a hooked beak and bright green feather. That's all we know about it. Chicken. I'm sorry, it's not a bird, it's a chicken.
1: And that one could just be an AVR classic of basically like Copper mind. mind. Yeah. Or not Copper
2: Mind, Copper Cloud. Uh... What, what do you... Sorry, I'm sorry if you can hear my typing. I can't mute because Discord. Um... And we don't know what dust. the oh, red okay. one does. Oh, okay, he does have... Let me see. Kokir is bright red and green plumage. Doesn't say anything about his... It could be. Could be a classic. But do we know anything about the one lift got? It's, it's red. It's red, yes.
1: We, we know that's... it's
0: red, and the one in the sequel story that can see all the colors or you know lets the owner see all the colors is also described as being red i don't know that they're the same kind but they're both red
2: i am curious the one that lets someone see all the colors i wonder if that also grants the uh you can hear perfect pitch
1: i thought perfect color Ooh. sense was the earlier one
2: uh for yes for, for um for holding that amount of breaths you get you get the ore sense first, and then you can see perfect colors, and then perfect pitch, I think, comes... It's only like 200 breaths, though.
1: Third heightening, which we know that Hoyt has
2: minimum. Right, right, because then he loses his perfect pitch after he's knocked down a peg. Uh, 200 is perfect pitch. Ore recognition is 50. Perfect color recognition is 600 breaths. So oh. perfect pitch is second heightening. Perfect color recognition is third heightening. And the perfect
0: pitch is going to be really useful on Roshar.
2: Well, anywhere, as as we're starting to suspect with the pure tones, but yes, especially Roshar.
1: I think you need something extra to catch those pure tones, but the perfect pitch will definitely help.
2: Yes. So anyway, I'm just sort of curious if, if the red ones would also grant perfect pitch and perfect color recognition. Because again, we're talking about wavelengths of sound and light. There could be some similarity there. Or I'm just off the ball, and it's only what you see with your eyes, so to be light.
1: Okay. I have to work soon, so I'm going to go ahead and end us here. It's
2: so if you guys it. have not, make sure you read the short story, because it's interesting stuff.
1: It's the fourth best Cosmere thing that we've covered so far.
2: So okay, I'm fun. talking about... The, oh, and, and also the little expert of the equal. <laughs> yes, that's too.
0: Okay. Good night, Internet.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.